Friends, today is uh, Good Shepherd Sunday. It also is World Day of Prayer for Vocations to the Consecrated Religious Life and uh, to the Priesthood. And um, friends, in our first reading, uh, we hear an account of the earliest days of Christianity and the apostles encountered great hostility uh, from the Jewish authorities and uh, others. And uh, here we are told Peter uh, courageously proclaims Jesus Christ resurrected from the dead. And this is what's getting him in trouble. The other piece to that is that he's pointing the finger at and said, you guys did that to him. And here's the thing, it was the truth. And when people are confronted with the truth, they either humble themselves before it, run away for it, from it, or attack it. And in this case, they are attacking it. And um, Peter goes further in saying, um, there is only one way to the Father now, and it is through him. And he would say, and as proof of that, God raised the one you killed so that you would understand. And they didn't care. And uh, our second reading, John speaks about the wondrous love that God has for each one of us and all that he has done for us. And he speaks about the future, the future state. You are going to be my children through my only begotten Son, and in doing so, you will have life eternal. You will be like us, not God's, but you will have eternal life with us. And uh, a great reason to have joy. And my friends, uh, I've told you in the past, sometimes when it comes to the gospel reading, the way the lectionary is set up, it would be helpful if you read the paragraph before and the paragraph after to get a better context of what's happening. And this is uh, the Good Shepherd dialogue that Jesus is giving. Just before what we read in the gospel today, uh, it's really tough. Jesus tells them, the ones who have come before me were liars and robbers and hypocrites. <gasps> Ooh. Was Jesus talking about Moses? No. He was talking about the Pharisees and scribes of the time, and they knew it, and they were angry. Why? Because it was the truth. He presents it as the gatekeeper, but uh, also the dialogue uh, it doesn't get better. Uh, he went on to tell them, they didn't listen to you because they knew. But at the end of the gospel reading that's not included in today, we are told that there was great dissension that they didn't understand. And, and because of that, they were divided over Jesus' words. And they called him crazy and told him he was possessed by a demon. And the others said, can a demon heal? We've seen him heal. So there was division amongst them. Friends, uh, when we look at this image of the Good Shepherd, I, I think today we don't always understand. I'm not a shepherd. I and, but this, in Jesus' time, though, this was a major thing. And so he used images that they would understand. They would understand what he was getting at. And my friends, at the time of Jesus, raising sheep was big business. And uh, I grew up in Detroit, and big business was the auto industry. This is the equivalent of it. <laughs> The sheep herders and the sheep, that's the equivalent. That was big business in Jesus' time. And it was a huge piece of the life of the Middle East. And people used sheep for food and uh, 
They used it for clothing, and they also used it for religious sacrifice. And uh, the herd or flock, uh, artists always depict Jesus with sheep, and there's only like five or six. But the truth of the matter is, according to history, uh, they were in the hundreds. So the shepherd had a hundred or more, even more, uh, sheep that he had to attend to. And the shepherd of his time, it was kind of a weird relationship they had with, on the one hand, the shepherd was treated as a slave uh, and kind of looked down, but at the same time, they were valued and usually underpaid uh, considering what the shepherd had to do. The shepherd had to be attentive to the sheep in rain or shine. Uh, if predators came, they had to defend the sheep. They had to learn the diseases of the animal to take better care of the sheep. Uh, they had to chase off well, what we would have known back in the day as rustlers or thieves. And needless to say, good shepherds were very hard to find. And in today's gospel reading, Jesus ends it by contrasting. Here's what the bad shepherd would look like, and here's what the good shepherd would be like. And uh, so looking at that, he says the good shepherd cares so much for his flock that he is willing to risk his life to protect them. Secondly, Jesus said, the good shepherd knows his sheep. And thirdly, the good shepherd cares about all of them, even the ones that go astray. Remember, Jesus would give a parable about this, about the 99 and the one. The shepherd leaves the 99, goes after that one because it ran away and he wants to bring it back. A good shepherd is willing to give his life then for his sheep. My friends, I, I suspect many of us have had the experience of being disappointed by leaders in life, whether they be in politics or even within the church itself. Sooner or later, something is revealed that shows a person we admired not to be all that he or she claimed to be. Such is life. But Jesus is everything he claimed to be. He showed his love by giving his life for you and I. And each Sunday at Mass, we are reminded by the words of the bishop or priest at Mass when he says, this is my body given for you. This is my blood poured out for you. So we're reminded what Jesus did and continues to do for us. The extent of the sacrifice. Another way of looking at it, the more positive, the great love that he has. The Lord says at the end of today's gospel reading that nobody took his life from him. He himself gave it up voluntarily and willingly for you and I. That means that his death was not something that just happened by accident. It was something that he did for us. Other leaders will not give their life in this way. But Jesus is the good shepherd. 
who gave his life up for us. Secondly, a good shepherd knows his sheep. To the stranger, the sheep all look the same. But to the good shepherd, they do not. And a matter of fact, Jesus would go on to, to tell us, I know my sheep. They know me, but I know them. I know their temperament. <laughs> As your pastor, I know some of your temperaments. <laughs> to some of you, I walk very carefully around you. <laughs> <laughs> lest you bite. <laughs> I say that with joy. <laughs> so often a person, my friends, wears masks in this world, and not necessarily to deceive, but that happens. But people sometimes are afraid to show you who, you, who they really are for fear of judgment. So they wear a mask. I thought that would be funny considering the pandemic we're in. But that's a different kind of mask that uh, you're wearing. But, um, but my friends, there usually there is a gap between what people see and what is within. And Jesus knows our very being. He knows us to our core. And we cannot wear a mask with him. That is the person that he loves. He loves you. You need not wear a mask with him. He knows who you are, and he loves you, and he still died for you anyway, if you will. My friends, that same good shepherd, that same Jesus, wishes to fill you with his grace, knowing exactly who you are. Jesus knows us in ways that nobody else will ever know us. Jesus is the good shepherd who knows his sheep. The other thing is that a good shepherd gathers his scattered flock. A sheep that is missing is never far from his mind. In a world that has so much disunity, and where it is big business to perpetuate that culture. Jesus becomes a focal and central point where all can gather, where they can become unified. His flock embraces all peoples and languages. His flock is a place where every human being can call home if they desire. And should one of his sheep stray, the Lord sends vehicles of his grace to bring them back if they are willing. To those who have never belonged to his flock, the Lord brings a light into their life to guide them to his flock. At any time and at all time, his grace is available to bring back the lost and to bring more into the fold. Where the flock is, the shepherd will be found. My friends, sometimes the flock may be found in difficult fields, in situations, experiencing storms, or being attacked by predators. Still the good shepherd is with them through it all. 
I ask you as your pastor, if you know someone who is needing the Good Shepherd, if you know someone who is looking for the Good Shepherd, please be an instrument of His grace and invite that person into the flock, into the church. Here they will find the Good Shepherd. Jesus is the head of this church. He is the Good Shepherd. He will never disappoint. Even if I should disappoint you, he will not. So with great confidence, I can ask you, if you know someone, bring them to Mother Church where the Good Shepherd can be found. Someone said, Father, who is the Good Shepherd then today? And certainly, certainly the leaders of the church, the Pope, down to the deacons. But that is not all. Parents, because we have many of them, you are good shepherds. At baptism of your children, I'm going to remind you what you heard. You are the first teachers of the faith. And in a time when there is a crisis of vocations to the priesthood, we need you. You are the first teachers of the faith and therefore good shepherds. But that is not all. Everyone who is baptized has been given the gift of faith. To this extent, then you become a good shepherd of that faith. You are to take care of that and shepherd it well and pass it on. You are to pass it on to others, to your own family members, to those you encounter. So, what is Father Mark doing? I'm kind of giving you all the responsibility. I'm a good, I'm a priest and I'm a shepherd of this parish. You are too of the faith. We work together. My friends, let us individually and then collectively give good example to each other and to others by our fidelity to him, Jesus, the Lord, walking in his way, speaking of his truth. And as it was in the beginning times, even to now, when people are confronted with the truth, they will either humble before it and receive great joy and grace. Be confused by it. Or work against it. If you become confused, go back to the scriptures. Go back and read what he said. What he did. Father, it would be a good place to start. Right from the beginning, Genesis. But okay, the New Testament. Go to Matthew's Gospel. Listen to one of the greatest homilies and sermons ever given because it was given by him. It's called the Sermon of the Mount, the Beatitudes. If you want to know what he has, what his opinion is about many things, go and see what he said there in the Beatitudes. Reflect back upon the Decalogue, the Ten Commandments. Look and see what he said and did and do not be confused.
and do not be divided. Let us give good example to each other. Let us have faith in him. Let us not be divided, but remain one flock. The predators of this world need not succeed in dividing his church. We can help and defend each other against the darkness of this world, the wickedness, and the hatred by allowing, by allowing Christ, the Good Shepherd, to act within us and through us. Be his instruments of grace. This is the will of the Father. And in this, to use Jesus' words, is the reason why the Father loves us.